You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show here on Reality Check Radio with your host, Natalie Cutler-Welsh. And next, I'm talking to Donna Katai. We are going to be diving into the super intriguing topic of the super sensory human. Welcome to the show, Donna. Thank you, Natalie. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to meet you. I know that uh, we, we somebody requested you as a guest, and I'm so excited to dive into your wisdom today. For those of you that don't know Donna, Donna grew up in the east coast of the North Island in Wairoa, Hawke's Bay. She's of uh, she's of Natiporu and Manuel Jose, is it Jose or Jose? Jose. Yep. Jose Descent, and is a mom and a nana. Oh, how exciting. Donna worked in healthcare for 35 years, mostly in hospital settings. She has two degrees, a bachelor in sport and master in science, the latter of which was achieved attending Adelphi University on Long Island of New York. On her return to New Zealand, Donna worked mostly in managing clinical research trials up to the end of 2021. Can't wait to hear about that. Since that time, Donna has been working to create her own business. She works with and in the energy fields to help clear blocks and barriers people have so they are more able to create what they want in their lives. Donna loves to learn and loves to pass on the knowledge in the hopes that that will help others. She believes that everything is interconnected and has deep love and respect for everything of the earth and everything in the stars. This is reflected in her business name, Earthfield Starfield. Ooh, I love that. And that's quite a journey. So I'd love to dive into that first up. Your journey from being in, I guess, traditional kind of the, the medical hospital realm and then moving more into this more holistic energy work. Give me a little, give us a little backstory on how that came to be. How did you get to where you are now? Thank you, Natalie, for that wonderful introduction. Yes, it is quite a journey to move from living a life that is basically constructed around um, going to work and just the physical everyday life that we live. And about nine years ago, I would say, I just felt a calling that I needed to be connecting into something that was more substantial from a internal perspective rather than just living my life out of what was happening externally uh, in my life. And usually when this journey begins, it begins through suffering. So we have these events that... Um, <clears throat> In the spiritual world, we call dark night of the dark nights of the soul, where we just get completely lost in what's going on within us because of what's going on outside of us, and then we, slowly but surely we learn to change that dynamic so it becomes more important to work out what's going on inside of us rather than what's affecting us outside of us. And that's really how the journey transitioned for me <clears throat> through um, through having external events that caused quite a lot of internal suffering and then having nowhere to go except inwards to fix what to fix what um, the suffering was causing. It's interesting. I think some of our guests may have heard the phrase 
that we use more in the personal development realm, you know, the breakdown before the breakthrough. And you were using the, the phrase, which some people would have heard, the dark night of the soul. Would those be the same same thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I imagine for our listeners, if you're open to reflecting and pondering on your own life, you know, you might bring something to mind where something happened and you realize now looking back that that was almost a turning point for you to head you towards maybe where you were meant to go or maybe the knowledge you were um, meant to collect along your way to bring you to where you are now. So what knowledge did you collect on that way that you're able to dive into now with the work you do, Donna? Um, I uh, what I learned was there's more to life than uh, what we see in the physical. So, <clears throat> in the late seventeenth century and early eighteenth century, Isaac Newton and his colleagues created what we know today as Newtonian mechanics or Newtonian physics. This model is based on the that physical action can only be seen to be to happen through a physical cause, kind of like balls colliding on a pool table. And largely, this is how we have learned to define ourselves as just a physical body. Mm. But in fact, there are so many other aspects that we as humans are able to connect into that are beyond that that physical action and reaction, Newtonian way of being. And through my experience, I discovered that with practice and with mindful attention, that I can can move beyond just being physical and being more sensory in my in the way I live my life. And how has that affected how you show up, or how you can help others. I I show up for myself first and foremost. So I've learned that <clears throat> what goes on within me has a huge deal to what goes on around me. And by learning to understand more about how I work, what my internal landscape looks like. Understand more about my thoughts and my feelings and what they create in the world. From that standpoint, I'm able to create a life outside of myself that is reflective of what I'm trying to create inside myself. <clears throat> and that's and people can sense that because of the supersensory uh, factors that we all have within each within it, each of each one every one of us. So I can start to talk about that through Natalie now, if you like. I would, yeah. And I was going to say to you with the with I love you know anyone who knows me knows knows that I love a metaphor. I love an analogy. I also love acronyms, by the way. But um, so with the with the ball and the pool table so would you consider yeah so it, should we ask ourselves you know are we a ball or are we the cue or can we be both like how does that work absolutely um so if we believe that we are only 
a physical human body that we can only experience the world through physical action and reaction, then what we see has a huge effect on how we see ourselves and how we see the world. If we see something or experience something outside that physical dynamic, that physical action and reaction, most of us will automatically dismiss that as or question it, first of all, did that happen? And if they can't make sense of it through the Newtonian mechanical structure of physical action and reaction, then we'll dismiss it or we'll say it's just a coincidence. Mm. Or we'll talk about it as something outside of <clears throat> what we know to be true. And actually, we're using a we're using the wrong instrument to measure what we're experience what we're experiencing. So we're using a Newtonian physical model to measure an experience which is outside the Newtonian way of, of seeing things. So, for example, our field connection. In uh, the early 19th century, Maxwell and Faraday discovered the electromagnetic field. They discovered that particles from one field can interact and connect and produce a condition or disturbance that would produce a force that some that another field could experience. So field connections that I can tell you that probably most everybody who's listening has had is walking into a room and feeling the tension. Hmm. You cannot explain that through a Newtonian measure but you can explain it through field connection. Meeting somebody for the first time and instantly taking a liking to them or instantly taking a disliking to them. Field connection. Feeling you're being stared at in close proximity or at a distance. That's field connection. And we don't understand that that is part of our makeup beyond our physical body. And some people feel that more than others. Yes, they can. Dependent on the amount of understanding they have of their own internal landscape. So somebody who understands that they are the um, want to work on themselves and understand that they can create what's outside of them by what they think and feel within within, within themselves, they will be doing work on themselves within their internal landscape to make sure that it's a you know a beautiful clear field with, with sunflowers in it. And therefore, they're more able to sense things in their field because the internal environment is, is clearer. Somebody who doesn't do a lot of work within themselves and really lives through the Newtonian model of external action and reaction, their environment will not be so clear. And therefore, I got given this analogy of... Um, from an excerpt out of The Lion King, 
where <clears throat> Mufasa, the, the the Lion King, was showing his son Simba the kingdom. And Simba noticed a shadowy part on the edge of the kingdom. And he asked his dad, Mufasa, what is that and can we go there? And Mufasa said, no, that is forbidden. You must never, ever go to that shadowy area. So that shadowy area is what ends up in our internal landscape when we don't do the internal work of working out what our thoughts and feelings are creating for ourselves outside in, in the external world. So it's actually bringing to mind, you know, a few people in my world, but, you know, so people that are more New Newtonian type of thinkers, I don't know if it's just them, but, you know, one in particular comes to mind, you know, they're more like, well, show me the data, show me the proof. Well, how do you know that? And I'm like, I just know it just feels right. Or it just doesn't feel right. And they're like, but what are you basing that on? What is the evidence? So is th is that the, the dichotomy there between someone that is more Newtonian and someone that is more, I guess, with um, in in touch with the field connection? Um, well, the, you can say, go and have a look at Faraday and Maxwell's research because <laughs> it's, fa it's fact. Yeah. It's factual. And I imagine these are things we can, because I said, are some people more attuned to it than others, more sensitive? Is this something we can um, we can nurture or become better at to touch you know, the field connection, enhancing our ability to, I don't know the right words. Do you know what I'm asking? <laughs> yes, yes. And, the, and yes, you can. Okay, good. So, and the ability to strengthen. Strengthen, there's the word. Strengthen our sensory uh, field, our the senses that we can feel through our field connection. We can do that through clearing our landscape. Mm, okay. So we all will have shadow areas within our landscape. They are created through um, the experiences that we've had during our lives that in some way, shape or form have had a an effect on us that hasn't been a good one, so to speak. Say for example, <clears throat> I fall off my bike at seven years of old, seven years of age, and I and it's quite bad. And so I decide that I tell myself I'm never going to hop on a bike again. Mm -hmm. So I create that thought and that thought creates um, a feeling. And then if I, if I continue to think those thoughts over and over again, I will, will create a, an emotion. And then five years down the track, I have now got a what we call a memorized emotion, which is just the con continuation of the same thought and feeling. And when you when you develop a memorized emotion, it becomes subconscious. So it actually just operates in the background and you're not consciously aware mm. that you have it. So now I'm and then this subconscious memorized emotion will now redirect me in my life away from bikes. Mm -hmm. And 
You can also call the memorized emotion the shadow area within your landscape. So I come along and say I meet somebody new 20 years later, 27, and they say to me, let's go for a bike ride. And immediately I'm like, <gasps> because this memorized emotion, which was in the subconscious, is now being brought into my conscious awareness. And I may or may not know that it's related to the bike accident I had at seven, but I have two choices here. I can choose to go with the, <gasps> and say no, because of the memorized motion is telling me we don't do bikes, we don't like bikes. Or I can go, wow, where has this come from? Why am I feeling this way about riding this bike? And then once I do that, uh, and if I decide to do that, then I can go into that shadow area within my landscape, mm. discover it was a bike accident I had at seven, make the choice that actually I'm not seven anymore. I can then probably get on and ride a bike at 27 and have, and have a great time. And if I decide to do that, then I clear that shadow area within my landscape. I clear that memorized emotion and then I create a new pathway that says I love to ride bikes. Yeah. And I mean, for some people, they'll be going, oh, yeah, you know, shadow work, doing the work. Yep. Doing the healing. Yep. Limiting beliefs. But other people will be like, oh, you know, I hadn't really thought about it as something that needs to be, you know, I was seven, like surely. But but sometimes these things that happened, is that right? Between the ages of zero and seven, and there's other age ranges that um, we really take them on board and they really affect us through our life, even if they feel like a small thing. I mean, it wasn't like a massive bike accident that was super traumatic. You just fell off your bike or someone said something and it really, you really took it to heart. And so, the, no, it's great that you bring this up. So how do people do, I know you can't answer this in, in, in the session, but give us some ideas. What can people do if they think, okay, well, maybe I do have some of these past things that have happened, even if I can't, don't consciously know all, of all of them. How can I do this shadow work or this inner work? Like, what does that involve? Because for some people, it'll sound quite intimidating. It is. Really is just taking one day at a time. I always tell, I always say to anybody that I'm talking to about this, you only have to do today. And all you have to do today is be mindful of your thoughts and be mindful of your feelings. Because a lot of our thoughts are not conscious. And here's a great example of, of our thoughts not being conscious. Or let us put it this way. A lot of the time we operate on autopilot. That's probably a better way mm. of describing it. So I thought I'd try this out. So I went to the supermarket. And we were all creatures of habit. And I parked my car in the same area, <clears throat> in the same place in the car park when I do this grocery shopping. So I thought, right, I'm going to try this out. <laughs> autopilot theory out. I'm going to park my car somewhere else in the car park. I'm going to go and do my groceries. As I was walking out the door with my trolley, I automatically started walking to the place where I usually park my car. And I was like, oh my gosh, automatic pilot. <laughs> and if we do this for the groceries, just think how many times we do this throughout the day in our lives. 
So one thing that you can do is change up your routine. Start creating things that you wouldn't normally do. So that will create, you know, that will change the pathway, your thought pathways within your within your brain. It will change the feelings. Feelings will change the experience. Experience will change the choices. And then you've got all this change going on that's all new and you're not on autopilot anymore, any longer. So it's not just a matter of being present and listening to the inner dialogue and realizing the things you're telling yourself. It's more of not just going into autopilot. And I love it. So if anyone out there is listening and you want to do what we're going to call the grocery store test, you want to go to the grocery store next time and park somewhere different. I'm the same. I always park in the same area. Then I walk through the op shop because I love a good op shop. And then I pop out into the mall. Anyway, um, so you can text us and let us know how you go. You can text us on 2057 or you can send an email inbox at realitycheck.radio. Let us know if you do the grocery store test and try to park somewhere different and see if you go on to autopilot as well. <laughs> so interesting. So we're talking today about the super sensory human. Are we all super sensory humans or are some more sensory than others? I know we might've touched on that just before, but is that what's that about? What do you mean by the super sensory human? Yes, we are all capable of being a super sensory human and it's like anything else in life. You practice, you get you get better at it. Um, So we've talked about the Newtonian model and we've talked about the field connection through the electromagnetic field. And there's actually another part to being super sensory and that, and we're just going to circle back a bit to the atom, which was discovered in the um, early 1900s partly through Ernest Rutherford, who was, you know, a Kiwi. What they discovered was the atom and the structure of the atom. And within the structure of the atom, they found the nucleus, the protons, and the neutrons with circling electrons. They decided to experiment and find out what was inside the neutrons and the protons. And when they did this, they expected to find another level of mass, a smaller level of mass. But when they examined what was inside these protons and neutrons, what they found essentially was a f- no thing. This is what they call in, in, in quantum physics, <laughs> no thing which we could describe as a black canvas, a blank canvas. And so they got the experimenters to look into these, this, to, to this field of blank field of blank canvas, I guess you call it. And they thought they would start with light. So one experimenter looked into this um onto this blank canvas, and he was looking for light in the form of particles or photons. And what he observed was particles and photons. He He could see that within this blank field. And then his colleague comes along and he's looking for light in the form of waves. 
And what does he discover? Waves. Waves. (laughs) And then another colleague, she comes along and she's looking for an electron and she's looking for an electron, say, at 6 o'clock on the clock face. And what does she find? An electron at six o'clock. An electron at six o'clock. So what they discovered was that whatever the observer's mindful attention was focused on is what was created into being, into physical being. And this also has come about through um, a physicist called John Bell who created the Bell's Theorem because he proved mathematically and, and experimentally, which is the scientific measure for having proven something to be fact, is that particles can interact with each other in close proximity to each other or at a distance and at a distance, and that this interaction can happen superluminally, which means faster than the speed of light, which means instantaneously. So we have this fit theory, which is proven to be fact, that particles can interact with each other instantaneously. We have this observer effect within the atom, which is the building blocks of life, where mindful attention can create energy into matter. And the scientific world has come to the conclusion that Bell's theorem is correct, that all of this exists. And they've kind of allowed it to exist because it doesn't affect the Newtonian world, because it happens in the quantum world. And the difference between the Newtonian world and the quantum world is size. So everything in the Newtonian model adheres to the laws of gravity, which is why physical mass obeys the law of gravity. And the quantum world, the mass has to be le- has to be less than one thousandth of an inch. If you have something that's less than one thousandth of an inch, it obeys the laws of the quantum world and not the world of Newtonian. Guess what? I don't know. The quantum world exists within our physical bodies. Mm -hmm. So we have what we call nerve cells, which are neurons. Most people will know that. We have a signal that travels along our neuron, our nerve cell, and if it has enough impulse, it will jump from one nerve cell to the next nerve cell. That gap between nerve cells is called the synaptic gap, and and it is one thousandth of an inch. In order for the impulse, in order for the signal to have enough impulse to jump the between the neuron cells, we require 
neurotransmitters to transmit the signal from one through the gap, through the synaptic gap from one neuron to the next neuron. And those neurotransmitters are less than one thousandth of an inch. So they do not obey the laws of Newtonian mechanics. They obey the laws of quantum physics. Now, when we have neurotransmitters jumping synaptic gaps and connecting neurons in the neocortex part of our brain, we develop thought. So our thoughts via the neurotransmitters and the synaptic gaps are connecting into the quantum world thousands and thousands and thousands of times per day. So now we begin to understand how, well, what Henry Ford quoted, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Mm. Because within our physiological structure, and through our thought processes, we create in the quantum world energy into physical matter. And all of everything what I've said is proven scientifically. Mm -hmm. It's a fact. It's I'm not kind of saying it's my opinion or I think. These are Do facts. you think and that that is so for people to get that, especially if they get that early in life. And they realize how their thoughts really can create their reality. Um, it can be so powerful. But are you? Do you think also, particularly now where we are at humanity and Kiwis specifically, when we hear, "Oh, this could happen," and that's happening, and they're doing this and they're doing that, is it like uber important right now for us to really visualize or focus on our own thoughts and thoughts of not worry, but of creating or the vision of what we truly desire? The li our life to be like not just like items that we want to have, but but society and community is that is it so important now more than ever? What are your thoughts on that? Extremely important, extremely important now more than ever, because when we talk about our field connection and our ability to connect into the quantum world, we're talking about not only are we doing it for ourselves, right? We we decide that we are going to monitor our thoughts we are going to really put mindful attention into creating what we want to see in the world mm -hmm. that affects somebody else's field somebody will feel that condition in your field natalie and as you're walking by you will cre create a disturbance or a condition and 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 produce that force into somebody else's field and they'll go oh you know gosh mm -hmm. i can feel that so you're not only doing it for yourself, which is another big point I wanted to get across during this conversation, mm -hmm. is that when you do your work for yourself, you automatically create change or the possibility of change for those around you because of our field connections. And that's science. It's not woo-woo. Yeah. And it's great too, because I mean, we've all probably been in a position where we've kind of judged or criticized somebody in our life and people will often advise, you know, why don't you, instead of focusing on them and all the things they're doing wrong, you know, focus on yourself and how you want to show up and, and do your own healing and your own work. And you've just made that make sense from a scientific 
um, and physiological point of view. So that's cool. That's really, really cool. I mean, I've heard that before, but it's so nice to have it explained. Um, and I can't remember any of the numbers. I'm so bad with numbers, but I, I get what you're saying. It's so fascinating. Okay. So for everyone listening, I love, ask yourself, how are you affecting someone else's field? And, you know, being more conscious of your thoughts and creating a vision for the life, not just your own life, but the community, society, how you would love things to be. And that can have a difference. Oh, can make a difference. Mm. Absolutely. hundred percent. So powerful. Yep. Yeah. The other thing I would like to mention is that we predominantly are taught to live ourselves from the outside in where what happens outside of us is more important than what than what's happening with, with, within us. And we've been taught this purposefully by the powers that be. What if so when we so for example if somebody comes to me and says <clears throat> something that offends me I immediately want that person to apologize to me to make me feel better. Mm. So that's the that's me being affected within my thoughts and feelings. So I'm now in the shadow area of my landscape. And and the the solution I'm seeking for that, I'm seeking from the other person that's outside of me. Yeah. I'm seeking an apology from that person to fix my internal landscape. Yeah. That's that's how we're taught to interact with each other. What that does, what that teaches us is that we have no control and no power over our experience. Mm -hmm. We are looking to the external world to agree with how we feel in order to fix and to, to fix that. So we're looking outside of ourselves to seek agreement of the disturbance that is within ourselves so that we can fix ourselves, which is nuts, just absolutely nuts. So we go... Somebody says something to me and I get offended. I'm going to do it the other way around right now. Oh, gosh. Okay. I feel like I've got a disturbance in my in my internal landscape and I'm in a shadow area somewhere. I, I, let's see what, what this is about and what I can do to fix it. Yeah. And when I do that, I take all the power out of the internal, external world and I give it back to myself. So I don't need that person to do anything. I don't need that person to apologize to me. I don't need that person to, you know, say I'm not going to do that again because yeah. I've now taken my power back. I've now worked out why I felt that way due to what they said. Mm. And I've fixed it. And... We're just taught to do it the other way around. We're just taught to give our power away to the to the external world or to the person or the place or thing that's that's disturbed us, instead of 
instantaneously going, wow, something's happening within me. I need to work out what it is and I need to see how I can fix it. I I do that too. I think that's fascinating. And for everyone listening, of course, we are going to have, we are going to be offended. We are going to get triggered. These are things that happen. So the next time it happens, I invite you to be like, oh, well, the old me would have demanded an apology. And I, you know, I'm intentionally using the phrase, you know, the old me, maybe you would have, the old me would have done this, but the new me is observing and going, oh, that's fascinating. Wow. That's interesting. I'm obviously clearly triggered at the moment Hmm. and getting curious and observing such a different energy state. Yes. It's an incredible change. Yeah. It will change your life. Because you're no longer looking for something outside of you to fix what's inside of you. You're, you're fixing yourself. And when you understand that you that you have all the power, when you un- then nothing, then things outside of you seek to have such a powerful impact on you. Would another example be, okay, same scenario, someone offends someone and they like, oh, you need to apologize. Some people would do that. Some people are more like harmony and they would like, oh, I couldn't possibly, but they'll call up their best friend and they'll have a big rant about it. Now that's still negative energy, right? So that's still not, that's still hopefully the old version of what you would have do. The old version would have rung up my best friend. The new version of me leans into the curiosity, observes, mm-hmm. interesting, I'm totally triggered at the moment. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because different people will do different things. Not everyone's going to ask for an apology. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you're on the phone and you're telling your best friend the whole scenario, what you're doing (laughs) is creating this thought, feeling, repetition, cycling. And if you continue to create that and say that and think that, then you're going to end up Mm. with a memorized emotion. Mm -hmm. You're going to end up either adding to an already shadowed area because you were triggered in the first place or creating another one. Yeah. you're. Just, it's like you're making a sandcastle and you're just adding more sand and it's all just a big pile of sand. <laughs> it's not helping. And it's dragging you down. And yeah. it's blocking. And it's blocking your ability to become super sensory, mm. to become more super sensory. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to ask you a little bit more about your, because going from, what was it, 35 years in the in the traditional, me, you know, allopathic traditional medicine to moving into this healing work and energy work and limiting beliefs. Um, if you're okay to say, how did your, not that it really matters, but how did your friends and family react to that shift? Were they like, oh, that totally makes sense for you, Donna. You've always been like that. Or were they like, what are you thinking? Um. They mostly, for the most part, were like, oh, my gosh, yes, yeah, totally can see you doing that. Mm. Um, And, yes, it was a natural progression from where I was to where I was going. And and I did get a little push, Natalie. A little incentive, disincentive. I did a little push in November 21, 2021, where I had to choose just to remain in a, in a sector um, that was required things that I was not requ- that I was not going to do. Yeah. So you can say that, anything on this show, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So I was, yeah, I was mandated out of my job mm-hmm. in clinical research. And, um, and as hard as that was, it was a push from the universe to say, get on your path, Donna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and start doing um, yeah, the work of living from the inside out. Yeah. And it's like, because I always say this phrase, you know, it's like we go through life and I put my armor up like this, collecting like lessons, right? Collecting lessons and putting them in our basket for what way. And then, then whatever we, we're faced with, we sometimes need to draw on, yes, the beautiful things that we've collected, but also the gross, horrible things that we've collected along the way experiences and, and, and drawn from them to go where we're going. And it's like, you've obviously over those 35 years, you've learned so much from that area of your life. And it's like, the universe is like, okay, Donna, you've learned what you needed. It's time to move on for what you're truly here for. <laughs> That's exactly right, Natalie. Exactly. You've nailed it. It's, it's so cool. I mean, it's great if we can look at the, the, the craziness and the insanity of the last three years and see the silver linings like that. Like sometimes it did push people onto a path that they maybe not wouldn't have jumped onto so soon or at all. So that's, that's a positive definitely for you, which is amazing. I've got a question. I don't know if you can answer it. And if you can't, I, I would love to, I'll do some research and I'll answer it on my upcoming episode. Something I'm concerned about in my own house, you mentioned EMFs, electromagnetic frequencies earlier, you were talking about them in terms of like a positive sense, you know, the energy field around us. But a lot of times we talk about EMFs in a negative sense, you know, like I'll wear a Shungite necklace and I'll have, you know, these things around my house, crystals and whatever. But um, I am concerned because you know, we have a microwave, we have solar panels, and my daughter bought a full EV. Okay, my husband and I have a, few, a lot of things that we don't agree on. So I didn't need one other thing to, ha to have a, fight, a battle about. Um, my point is, do you know about the negative impact of electromagnetic frequencies or, of, of any of those things? Um, and not to mention 5G and wireless. Can you? Yeah, if so, can you elaborate on that? Sure. Um... This is going to go a little bit into a realm beyond this. Oh, that's fine. Theory. My yeah. audience is used to some of my <laughs> my topics by now. <laughs> go for it. So um, because we have these fields, we are also capable of putting into them what we want to put into them. So we have the ability to, within our own fields, create uh, what we can call a protection mechanism, where whereby we qualify the field with what we want in it and what we don't want in it. And then there are um, tools that we can use that are they're ancient, actually, to be honest, um, before the times that we, before we moved from being, <clears throat> before the times we moved to being just a physical body, we understood that we were super sensory and that we could do a lot of things outside of action and reaction. And so if we understand enough about the tools that we have um, available, and one of them is the violet flame, which you can call on, which transmutes anything that's misqualified or discordant within your field into energy that is in alignment with your field. And so if you're mindful of that and if you practice that, then you can continue to create a field, your own field, and keep it clear and clean. And then anything that's EMF or anything that's negative from any other fields 
if they do enter into your field, they immediately get transmuted through this violet flame or through whatever other protection mechanisms that you create within yourself based on what you feel is right for you. And then it just doesn't become an issue. And the other thing is that when you understand that within your field and you're thinking that mm-hmm. I've got a protection around my field mm-hmm. and anything that comes into it gets transmuted immediately, then you're also creating that in the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. What about doing that protection? I, and I love your response and I'm all about it. Um, I know some people might be going, what? But that's okay. I'm just inviting you. If you are questioning, I inviting. I always invite my audience just to open your mind and just, just consider. Um, can we put protection on other people in the same way? Like our kids, for example. Yes, with their permission. Right. And you can teach your kids mm-hmm. to do it for themselves. What would they say? Meaning, what would they say... Um, out loud or what yeah what how would you do that i would say um you have a field and your field is able to sense things in other fields and sometimes without your knowledge things may come into your field that aren't sometimes very good for you so in order to make sure that we keep your field nice and clear and that um, only good things um come into your field um we're going to use this flame we're going, to, we're going to imagine that we have a purple flame and that it is burning through this field that we have around ourselves and that anything that comes in that's not meant to come in, the field turns it into stars. Okay. Magic sparkles or fairy dust. Yeah, I was going to say zaps it, but yours sounds nicer. <laughs> But my kids are teenagers. They've got to make it cool. Oh, the teenagers. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of what I would tell my grandchildren. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're a bit younger. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great. If we can raise children to think a little bit out, of, you know, a little bit more spiritual, holistic, a little bit not so 3D as they've been taught, it's great. It opens up their mind. I mean, I grew up with none of that stuff. I did have a grandmother, however, in New Zealand, but I grew up in Canada. Um, but I did have a grandmother who was, ve- you know, very open to the woo-woo stuff. And she would be, as far as I know, the only person in my family, relatives, cousins, etc., um, along those lines. And so, but so you know, maybe that's where I get it from. I don't know. But I think if we can raise these new generations to think about those things and just have them in their basket, you know, on, in their, their tool belt to draw on to navigate life and, and be able to keep creating, you know, like even the lesson today, teaching kids to really create a positive vision and be aware of their thoughts and how they can create their reality. I mean, that's just going to empower them so much. Incredible. Yeah. And that's where we're headed. I mean, yeah, yeah that's where we're headed, which is amazing to think of. It is. And it's, it's time. And I think that it's, um, I think people are going to be more, op- I know I see that my peers are more open to it at the moment, but I think kids being more open to it. And also the kids are getting indoctrinated with all sorts of stuff. So we want to give them some positive tools to help them to be empowered. Absolutely. Yeah. And telling them they're super sensory and teaching them how to connect to that is yeah, a great way to start. Amazing. Hey, I'd love to ask you, what is one thing that you've done in the last year to truly up your brave? 
Great question. Gosh. Um, so having been without an income since 2021 has been very challenging and more so within the last year because the savings have run out and um, lots of shadowy areas have been triggered in this area due to fear of scarcity, fear mm -hmm. of lack, fear of um, feeling unsafe because uh, you need money to support yourself, you need money to put a roof on your, over your head and food on your table. And I always remember this, <clears throat> and this is, an, is a, an example of particle connection through Bell's theorem, is that probably, gosh, maybe seven years ago, I was listening to an interview by Eckhart Tolle, and he was saying that <clears throat> he had no money, he was living with friends, staying with friends because he had no fixed abode, and then he won $1,000. And that one that $1,000 managed to support, was enough to support himself until he was able to get uh, The Power of Now published. Mm. And that's always stuck with me. <clears throat> and I realised very um not very long ago was that the reason why that stuck with me was because this was going to be something that I experienced wow <clears throat> because this is where I am at now <clears throat> where Eckhart was back then unfortunately I don't have a power of now book waiting in the wings mm -hmm. but um I do understand now the peace that he feels and the faith that he feels because he is doing what he feels is right for himself mm -hmm. from the inside out mm -hmm. and a year ago I can tell you I was not in this place of peace and faith I was more like yeah you know crying down the phone to my best friend because I didn't know you know how to how I was going to support myself in six mm -hmm. months and it's interesting, isn't it? Because just looping back to where we began, talking about uh, the dark night of the soul or the breakdown before the breakthrough, sometimes when things get so bad that you're like, sure, it, surely it can't, this is the bottom of the pit. Mm -hmm. From that point, right, we can kind of, the butterfly, we can kind of, um, you know, at, from that point, sometimes amazing things can come out, like him with the power of now. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day, um, and I won't go into too much detail, but her line of work had really, because you know she was into like designing um, interior design, really fancy high end. And it's like, that's just not in demand at the moment, you know, for some people. So she had gone from, you know, amazing earning to not so much. Um, but, you know, but suddenly we were having this conversation and I said, well, what would you love to courageously create? And she was like, well, you know what, given my history with XYZ, which I won't elaborate on, I would love to help people with, with this, right? The thing that she'd struggled through, that would be amazing. So sometimes when we get to that point where the thing we've been doing that we're good at, that's brought us joy and dollars, it disappears for whatever reason or diminishes sometimes, you know, that door closes, another door opens. Sometimes it's like, if we're courageous enough to ask ourselves, what would I love to courageously create? 
oh my goodness, I would love to pour my time and energy into that. It's like, well, let's do it. So I'm hoping for you, maybe this is a turning point. Well, it is. You started this business which really is, is an upcoming question I'm going to ask you a little bit more about um, what does that look like and what would you what would you love to be doing? I know you can do all these different services, but what is your favorite thing to help people with? Maybe you can answer that now. What would you love to do more of in terms of your business that brought you that flow of dollars while filling your heart? Exactly what I'm doing now, Natalie. So just serving people through my connections, through my field connections and their field connections, I feel like it's uh, this is my purpose, is to help people recognise how super sensory and how special and how magnificent they are. When people understand that they have the power to create their lives from the inside out, which I feel like is my purpose. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that's my work. That's what I'd love to do. I think your timing is divine because so many people now are really going, I don't want to do what I've always done. Or I can't, this is the other one. I can't go back. Like I was talking to someone yep. the other day and she's a mom with a, you know, a seven-year-old. So he's at school and everyone, you know, it's all good. She's like, I just cannot go back to that corporate job. You know, that energy energetically, it's just, it's not a match anymore. And then yep. they can maybe come to you to help them get rid of those is that the thing you help them to release the limiting beliefs or, or go yeah. navigate through the dark night of the soul yes or well, to understand their own makeup mm. so i feel like um i i facilitate them to be the leaders in their own life mm -hmm. i point them in the right direction i do i can clear the, the, some of the shadow areas in their landscape i can do that as well um, but it's 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 kind of the whole package, yeah. If you know what I mean, I'm trying to holistically help people um, become their own leaders, mm. to take back their power and to create the life that they want to live authentically from their hearts. Yeah, and I think that people are more open and requiring that and desiring that yes. more than ever before. So, well, I'll ask you now, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more? I know you've got your website and some social media, and then I, I, I'm coming back. I haven't forgotten about the bucket list question. So how can people connect with you online? Um, through my website, earthfieldstarfield.com. Um, yeah, all the information that I, um, of the services that I provide, of a little bit about me and my journey, um, how I how I can help with connecting in through the fields from a spiritual level and how I can connect those um, events from past, in the past that are affecting you now in your present um journey that will help um, shift things out of the road yeah like they're like i'm ready to move forward i don't want to yeah. be held back anymore yeah and yeah. i and 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 there are a couple of different options in the way that i can do that um another thing which is a little bit left field natalie is that i am also got a sideline business where i'm selling um curcumin drops uh in the nano in nano form Okay, what's that? Which is one of the, so curcumin is the ingredient in turmeric. Yeah. 
that is uh, has an amazing effect on on the body for all sorts of different reasons. And currently, it's um, one of the trifecta that Dr. Peter McCullough is recommending for the dissolution of spike protein within the body. Yeah, amazing. And inflammation? I can't, I'm trying to remember what else. Inflammation? Yeah. yeah. No, it helps with a plethora of different uh, things. So Amazing. Is that, that is that quite easy to find on your website? Yes. Yep. It okay. has its own dedicated page. Good. And Earthfield, Starfield, also on Instagram? No. Not yet. Okay. Um, so just the website yeah, for now. Just okay. the website for now. Amazing. Amazing. All right. So what is there anything specific coming up for you in the next six months in terms of business or life that you want to tell us about? Then I'm going to go to bucket list. <laughs> so I have, um, um, I'm doing an Ascension course with a colleague of mine who lives in the Azores um, off the uh, landmass of Portugal. Oh. Um, so we uh have a strong connection to um, some of the sacred flames, I to the white flame and Melanie to the gold flame. And we have an ascension course coming up beginning in September. And we also have a freebie on the 16th of September at 7am where we're just going to, um, yeah, teach people a little bit about these two sacred flames and how you can use them. Okay, amazing. Well, all the information for that, you guys, I imagine, will be on earthfieldstarfield.com. One word, no hyphen? Hyphen, yes. Hyphen. Earthfield-starfield.com. Because we're here on audio only. It's it's good when we spell things. But also, everybody, I will put the link, I promise, uh, and a little bit of background information on Donna on the replay page. You can find that at realitycheck.radio. Just simply go to replays and you'll see the Up Your Brave show and click through from there. Uh, okay, what is one thing on your bucket list that you would love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime and maybe something we can help you with? So a little bit of backstory to answer this question, Natalie. Um, my dad in 1996 wanted to create a bullock team he wanted to raise the flag on the East Cape of the North Island, which was the first place to see the sun on the dawn at the dawn of the new millennium. The reason he wanted to do this is that he wanted to uh, gather lots of different types of bullocks, different colours, different cultures, um, different backgrounds, and he ended up with a team of 22. The reason he wanted to do this was to show the world that doesn't matter what we look like, where we come from, what our culture is, what our background is, what country we belong to, that if we all pull together, as the Bullocks did, we can create peace in the world. So <clears throat> my bucket list item is that I would love to see peace in the world before my life ends mm. and what the audience can do to help me with that is take back their power yeah yeah start living their life consciously through their mindful awareness to their thoughts and live their life from the inside out 
Beautiful. It's, I mean, that's a great bucket list thing. I think it will happen. I'm, I am optimistic, although I'm very aware of all the things that are going on, um, on a 3d level and a spiritual level at, mm-hmm. I, at the moment, I am very optimistic about how things will go, but I think you're right. We all have to, if as much as we can, um, we can, well, I guess we have more power than we realized right yes. through our, from our thoughts. We can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we create through our thoughts. Mm. We create conditions within our field that connect to other people's fields that then tell them that this is what they can do if they choose and it just expands exponentially before we wrap it up donna is there anything else you want to share with our audience today uh <clears throat> just a quote a couple of quotes from this one is from billy cox If you want to create change, you need to commit to your dreams more so than commit to your comfort zones. And you can do this by just being mindfully aware of your thoughts every day. And this will create change. And just just for people to think about it, I mean, it's your choice. You can choose what you want for your life. <clears throat> and, and I'm just here today to tell you that physiologically, you, can, you are capable of more than you think you are. You're not just a ball on a pool table. Mm, nice. Thank you so much, Donna. We've been talking to Donna. Katai, have I said it right? Katai. Katai, today on The Super Sensory Human. Thanks so much, Donna, for joining us. You're very welcome, Natalie. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.